Welcome to Don't Be an Idiom, everyone. Thank you for joining us for episode 82. Just working our way up to 100. Triple digits. Driving over the bridge today, and I was thinking to myself, what's been missing from my life? It's been some Don't Be an Idiom. Probably the same thing y'all been thinking. Everyone's been. It's been on everyone's mind. We're back. Don't Be an Idiom. Season six? (laughs) Seven? It's hard to break these up into seasons. It really is. Season one, and then everything after. Well, look, we're refreshed after season our, four. After our nice, uh, I feel like it's our um, Barcelona kind of August ski vacation that everybody takes, right? <laughs> yeah, everything's closed. Nothing in, happens in, Europe in Barcelona. In August. <laughs> yeah, in, <Europe laughs> in August. In August. So we took that plus a little more, and we are ready. We're refreshed, and we're back with some. Yeah, some I wish I could idiots. say I feel refreshed, but. Something about no, work no. just just it takes the life out of you. Yeah, it does. Um, but most people, I guess, work work all year round. Yes, if you work twelve months a year, you should be happy <laughs> that you don't know what it's like to have a break. <laughs> um, but there, I do. I know. I don't know. There, there is something extra soul sucking about about being yeah, a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> you get a taste of freedom. I guess if you have a corporate job, there's. There's all there's all sorts of soul sucking professions yeah. out there. Yeah, I don't know. Like sometimes I do fantasize about that gray cubicle. Yeah, gray suit. Oh, I'm sure if you were no in it though. Light, <laughs> plant dies. <laughs> Workspace boss yelling, but like because at least then it's you're just like, drooling you're just with like, contentment. Wah, 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 wah. Like you know, we as teachers, there's, there's like. You got to be engaged. You have, you have You got to. You got to perform. You got to be ready to lead. Yeah, because you don't want to like many hours in a row. You can't check out completely because then you're just another shitty teacher. You can't check out, no. right? No, you got to give it your all. You got to give it your most. My students asked me the other day. They were like, uh, "Hey, if if you won the lottery, would you still be a teacher?" That's and a I great was like, question. "And I was like, actually, I do have an answer for this. I would go and I would go to my bosses. I'd be like, yo, I won the lottery.'" I will gladly still teach, but I'm not doing any paperwork. I'm not doing any anything. And then, the, then they would fire me. <laughs> right. And the kids were like, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Okay. That's pretty, you but, know. But that's not quitting. That's not quitting. <laughs> I'll keep the job. I just won't do any of the things you're asking me to do. I just, you know how this job is like 90% bullshit? <laughs> I'll, I'm not doing just that a, part. But I'll come. I'll come in every day. I'll be here on time. I'll still take, you know, occasional sick day. And, and they're like, so you're saying you'll be a warm body. <laughs> you're hired. <laughs> yeah, you're their rehired. Hair, their hair's blown back like whoosh. <laughs> That's all we need are warm bodies. <laughs> we don't care what you have to offer right. intellectually. Yeah. I'm a bit cold lately, actually. Are anyway. You? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I mean, circulation. 40s. Circul- man. Talk about a guy who has no circulation. (laughs) (laughs) Who's that, you or me? You. I got no circulation. No, I don't know anything about your circulation. It sucks, man. Uh, So, yeah. Welcome to Don't Be an Idiom. This is the podcast. We explore the origins of phrases, English phrases on here. And, you know, we know there's like 10, 15 minutes of bullshit up front. Like, (laughs) And I know that people, it's a whole thing, you know, podcasts (laughs) where people just are shooting the shit. You know what? We've been doing this a while. 
And if, if you're still listening, then yeah. you know the drill. Look, a lot of podcasts, they like to be like, oh, how you doing? Right, what's going on here? It, yeah, okay. It is kind it's of just, annoying. It's like anything else. You could do something good or well, <laughs> or you could do something and be a totally annoying prick. Yeah. But, you know, look, if you are here, you're probably because you're like, oh, those guys sound like guys I'd like to be friends with. And then, you know, we're friends and we're just like, we're this is... This is not only a job, it's also fun for us. Right. Pour a little drink, you know. Pour a lot of drink. <laughs> Sometimes we have a little hold your horses session where we just enjoy some sips before we that's, start. That's, yeah. And uh, and actually, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but during our hold your horses session, we played the game to determine who goes first. Oh, yeah. We did that before we started recording because it was a little lengthy. Yeah. So we, we'll, but we'll, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to spoil that for you, for, for you just yet. The game is cool, though. Oh, the game's cool. So, uh... Lotteria. Yeah. Actually, yeah, my, um... A student of mine last year brought in... We had, like, a board game day. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Chris, what is this? Um, he was a, you know, Spanish student. And he was like, uh... Oh, it's Lotteria. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've seen the, there's actually lottery tickets called Lottery. And, yeah. I, and I, I was familiar with the images. So I was like, what's the deal? And he's like, oh, it's basically, he's like, it's kind of like bingo. So we were playing and great time. So, yeah. so we're going to let you know who won Lotteria. Beautiful, beautiful cards. Images there. are beautiful. Yeah. All right. So, so yeah, I don't really, you, I don't really have anything Nothing? up front to say. Um, I got a couple uh, things. Yeah. So you, why don't you share a little bit about what's going on? With you I haven't seen in a few days. Right. And then, uh, and then <laughs> yeah. like a week I haven't seen. Yeah. Me and Ryan are in a bit of a <laughs> transition period. Someone had a kid. Both of us, both of us started school. It's like, what is life? Oh yeah. <laughs> what is life? Okay. I've been holding on to this one for a couple of weeks. Okay. So my roommate, Madison, she came in the other night. She was on the phone. She's on the phone with my mom. I know my mom. I've stayed at my mom's house. I think they live in West Virginia. Oh uh, yeah. Went out there a road trip a long time ago, but she's special place in my heart. She reminded me of my mom instantly. Anyway, um, she was asking Madison if she knew anything about how you position a horseshoe for good luck over, oh, over, yeah. over a door frame. Sure. And she was like, now I heard that if it only is good luck if it's horns up. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, and uh, she, she was saying about how like, cause that keeps the luck in. Um, and then how the, if the horns were down, it's bad luck. I feel like I've seen it both, both ways on people's doors. That's the thing. Cause I feel like the easiest way to hang a horseshoe would just be to put a nail, hang it, horns yeah. down, right? Easy peasy. Right. You can get on with your day. Right. I'd love to get on with my day. <laughs> so the thing is, is there's a bit of a divide really is that it's, it's simply that like horns up. You could think of it as like a cup full of luck mm -hmm. and that's a good thing. Yeah. But you could argue that if you had horns down, it's like the luck is pouring out oh, onto your head as you're, as walking, you're walking through. through. Yeah. Yeah. I so like that. as far as where all this comes from, it's like, what's the deal with horseshoes anyway? Mm -hmm. Um, is it kind of goes back to horseshoes are lucky because of the whole fairy folk. Thing, oh, really? Because they're made of iron. Oh, um, and sure. Iron wards off evil. Essentially. Yeah. So that's one so, of them. So did this start in like Ireland or something? Or, um, you know? I don't know where. Shouldn't the, have asked the question. Don't know where the actual like hanging the horseshoe sort okay, of thing. Yeah. But the horseshoe in general as a lucky symbol has yeah. been around for like a really long time it seems like yeah okay uh we're and, talking thousands of years 
hundreds of thousands <laughs> of years possibly. Oh my God. No, no. Yeah. So really long time. It, it just goes back to all that iron stuff. Mm. There's also this thing about how apparently witches are really afraid of horses. And that's mm. why they ride brooms instead of horses. Did you that's know? why they ride brooms. What's the deal? Do witches hate horses? It, I, I feel like a horse would sense that a witch is a witch mm-hmm. and they might not want to be near horses totally. because of that. Totally. I mean, uh, animals, right. And they wouldn't let them ride them because they're, oh yeah, right? of course so not. there's that. Right. Because, because they, they have, have horse snot. Horse snot? Of horse snot? Of horse snot? Yeah, yeah. Just, we're just joking here. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know what you're talking so about. Because you said, of course not. And I thought you said, of horse snot? Of horse snot? <laughs> of horse snot. Uh, I think you meant like a, like a philosophical treatise on of horse snot. I would love to hear more. Well, I'm sure I'm sure there's there's plenty to say. There's one other but little... Th- what, about you, horses? You yeah, about no, horses. No, we can talk about witches later. I mean, did you have something about the witch? No, I didn't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all they I They do always seem to rear up when a witch is around. Horses, I feel like. they are very sensitive creatures. Uh-huh. Very in tune to if like, you know, if a werewolf, a vampire, or a witch walks by, they are going to freak out. Winnie and, <laughs> Winnie and rear. Winnie and rear. <laughs> they are going to Winnie and rear. Um... Yeah, but you know, I, I also feel like there's there's always like a thing with animals, right? Sensing evil, but I of course, think that just yeah. the horses is very obvious because it's so big and loud. Yeah, <laughs> and you get yeah. hurt if like a horse is scared, you're getting hurt. Yeah, like if a hamster's freaked out, no one's right. really paying He's attention. But a horse, you're like Jesus. Yeah, that thing's huge. Yeah. Um, one of the, there was one other tiny thing about how the horseshoe on its side looks like the crescent moon, which is apparently able to the horseshoe warp, on its side, like, you know, what? like the sea, <clears throat> like like a crescent moon. Yeah, okay, and how that apparently can ward off the evil eye. Oh, you know, like yeah, the, the Greek evil eye. Yeah, right. Greek, right. Yeah, I think like all Eastern European countries have the evil eye. I think. Oh, yeah. and Italy too. Italy has it. Actually, yeah, my friend sent me uh, a postcard from Istanbul, and it had a big evil eye on it. It was pretty cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's it. Like you really, any way you like it, you want to hold a cup full of, of horseshoe luck, you keep it up, the horns up. You want to pour the luck down on you, on the people, you push it down. Are you a down or up guy? I'm down. I'm down because it's easy. That's one <laughs> nail, boom, down. <laughs> that's it. Good. But watch, I'd slam the door and it would like fall on my head or some crap like a cartoon. <laughs> Yeah, that sound would be really, uh, it would be satisfying to hear that sound. Yeah, although, you know, I would have like a freaking like <laughs> like a brain hemorrhage and die. It's not funny, like no, that Drop Dead Fred. No. Um, another little one that came up with my co-teacher uh, was she had said that someone looked like a stick of gum the other day. Oh, I've never heard like, that. Me neither. I've never heard that. And so she said that she got it from her grandma. It was an old saying that her grandma said, like, you look like a stick of gum. Like if you're dressed real nice or looking sharp. Uh, really? Yep. That's what that means? Yep. Interesting. Uh, yeah. It's a good, it's a, it's a compliment. So. Oh, cool. If you look good, dress nice, all that stuff. What, um, like, is her mom from a certain community? Like, you know. Newfoundland. She, oh, it's I think a saying it's Newfoundland. In Newfoundland. <laughs> So she's Canadian. Found land, yeah. That's Interesting. Where I, yeah, that's where it came from. So this is a Newfoundland, yeah, um, idiom. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll have uh, we'll have our our Canadian correspondent Dave Park check into this. Oh yeah, who's way up Dave, north? Dave, yeah, <laughs> yo, Dave, just start telling everyone they look like a stick of gum and see if <laughs> you, you look get like punched. A stick of gum. In you look like a face. <laughs> you look like a stick of gum. 
Stick you look gum. like a sticky gum. Who's that over there? Stick a gum. Right in the back. Stick a gum. <laughs> but I do like it. Uh, no, that's I mean, great. It, to I me, probably won't use it, but to I To me, like it. it's like, you know, it's fresh, you know? Like, it's fresh because it's like old? It's fresh. No, it's like it's a fresh. stick of gum is fresh. Oh, like, sure, you look yeah. fresh. Right. Um, Unless you're Wrigley. Like a Wrigley's. Wrigley's. <laughs> Or juicy fruit. I don't. That's, oh, that's, juicy! But remember, you know, like remember, like Wrigley's the double, original was that, Wrigley was that double mint. What's what the, the one? one it's just like the... it's like a pinkish hue, and it just tastes like was nothing. That, was that Wrigley's? Or almost know. gray. What gum was that? Well, didn't wasn't Wrigley's in the green thing? I think so. What, was, was it spearmint? What was the double mint gum when they had all the twins on the commercials? Remember that? <laughs> Isn't it like an eighties commercial or nineties? Yeah. yeah, I think I do. Yeah, double mint. They're like. It's for twins only. <laughs> you're not having Gum fun unless twi- you're a twin. Gum for twins. You're not having fun unless you're a twin. Dude. My grandfather was a twin. That's that's funny. Yeah, and he was born on July 4th. Okay, that's crazy. America. Was his twin also born on yeah. July 4th? Or was it at like 1159? Firecracker then, twins. Whoa. You know? Um, there should be more products just for twins. More pro- we could start a whole line of don't be an idiom shirts that are yeah you have to buy two of everything yeah we can't sell it we can't right. sell one thing actually we should mention that there are a few uh, mm. shirts and koozies left so if you want one buy one for you and your twin and then we'll just clear out that inventory <laughs> well in a sharpie we'll write twin on the back of the koozies <laughs> so that way we can't sell them to anyone who's not a we twin we could get one we could write an arrow that says I'm with my twin, twin. I'm with twin <laughs> I'm with twin <laughs> All right, good, so that's good. good. That was clean right there. Clean stuff. Um, right, we before we moving move, on, before or, we move away at the top yeah, of the show, we just have stuff. to say we have to say a big goodbye to a big man oh, who yeah. left who left our lives. Uncle Bob passed suddenly last week. Oh man, Albert's Uncle Bob. I have such fond memories of him. He was a really great guy. He and it, not toward not not the last ten years, but he had the greatest mustache when we were kids. Yeah, he did. He always had and, that, and um, then kind of ditched it towards the end. And he was just such a positive, fun dude, yeah. who I just felt was really cool. Like yeah. I feel like he smoked cigarettes, and but not, and that's the thing. Not like I bet he did when he was young. But he just seemed like he was. Just, he just like, like seemed cool. He was like. I don't know, like, like he was up to something, and it was like he it had was a, fun mischievous and, a mischievous wink is a good in his word, eye. Right? Yeah. yeah, well, he had those blue eyes. They were just like, whoosh. yeah. Oh man, yeah. I'm so sorry to hear that he passed away. He Me was too. an awesome dude. Yeah, we've lost a couple of people over the years on uh, "Don't Be an Idiot," but just wanted to kind of like put that out there. Say, I love you, Uncle Bob. We ne- I never got a chance to say goodbye. Um, but he was always a really great, fun dude, and a very and very close. You know what? He was one of these. Guys that when I was a teenager, like a young, confused and upset and angry teenager, he would take the time to like come over and talk to me. And like, well, I, I always remember that. Like yeah. he was like, you know, when people say like he saw me. Yeah, like, he, he did make me feel like he saw me. And from what I understand about a lot of people, he did that for a lot of people. So he was a very giving, loving, full of life person. We're going to miss him. The world's the worst place without him. I am. Um to tack on to that, I just want to say that uh, at Uncle Bob's funeral, my cousin Sammy was not able to be there because he's having a little bit of a, a little bit of a health setback, and I just wanted to just send him some love because I know he listens to the show, um, which is very brave of him. So yeah, Sammy, we're, we're thinking of you. Yeah, and Sam, if you can get through 
all of our episodes. You can definitely get through what you're going through right now. 100%. Um, yeah, hell yeah. Thanks for listening. But we love you, man. And I think by the end of this episode, you're going to uh, you're gonna like something that I say because one of your boys is going to show up. Um, <laughs> oh, one of shit. our boys, too. Right. Well, Albert's uh, going first, yeah, actually. I am he gonna go, won. I'm going to go first. We played, it's a, essentially Mexican bingo. Yeah. Lotteria. Um, lotteria. Get yourself a set. And uh, it's, really, it's really fun because the cards are so nice to look at. Every image is beautiful. Like Yeah. Like you just want to get it tattooed on you immediately. Yeah. You, you really should pick one of the cards and just let, we should just go do that. <clears throat> so, um, yeah. So, Albert, you won the game. I don't yeah. know if we should have like some sort of pause. I guess that's not really necessary. Let's just have a sound here. This is the sound that transitions into the next part. Okay. So that's the sound. Love that sound, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah go for it all right so don't mess it up i i am coming at this idiom oh, shit. in a different sort of way so right i think that you um mm-hmm. i think we all have got a person that just turns up like a bad penny bad pen- in life yeah 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 right turns up like a bad penny yeah. Interesting. Right. Well, I, I what I should say, like the official is a bad penny always turns up. I guess I kind of gave you a hint. It's sort of like a proverb. Saying, it it is a pro- it is a proverb. Actually. Oh, it is a proverb. Yeah. 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 Um. So that's what. Uh, this is, and this is an idiom. This is an idiom. I think so. I think if you. <laughs> I, I shouldn't have said person, but if you call someone a bad penny, then I think technically yeah, it's, it's an, an idiom. idiom. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so someone who just is—is is someone who like um, turns up like a bad penny? Can you say it again. Uh, well, actually, you so like the when I first heard it, it yeah. was like the all I heard—I forget what I was watching—but they were like, "You're like a bad penny," and yeah. that was kind of it. Yeah, someone who keeps coming. Yeah, keeps coming up, and it's always bad. It's always like a yeah. negative interaction, yeah. or they or like bad yeah. luck, or something super stupid and terrible happens. Uh huh. Yeah. Instead of like a lucky penny. It's, it's not a good penny. Not Let's a good turn penny. turn it up. Yeah. You know? So it's clearly a negative. A bad penny. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like you've basically described it. It's a, the predictable and often unwanted return of a disreputable person after some absence. Right. In a general term, it could be the continual recurrence of something or someone. There's anything. It just keeps, <laughs> keeps happening. <laughs> Mrs. Ruby. Mrs. Ruby. All right. She probably thought we were some bad pennies. She was the nurse in our elementary school. I think maybe we've brought up Mrs. Sarubi before. Mrs. Sarubi. She had one of those whistle S's, though. So, boys. Yeah. There's a character on Family Guy that's got that. God. But she had that. She did have that. Did she, or are we making that up, you think? What she did was, while she was like, (laughs) she was like, put the thermometer in your mouth, and then she'd be like, she would be like fussing with some like papers and stuff and be like, that's how she passed the time. She whistling or blowing on them? I think them. it was kind of a was whistle. It, maybe there was a lot of wet white out on the I will the just papers. never forget when you had an upset stomach, she would give you this type of cookie that was mm. supposed to settle your stomach. Yeah. And the taste of that was made it a Lorna Dune? actually sick. I think it was yeah. a Lorna Dune, which I came to <laughs> That's like. That's such an old nurse cookie. I came to like those later in life, but man, back then, yeah. when you're a kid and you like just want <clears throat> raw sugar. Yeah, right. That was bad. Right. 
All right, so um, I need to guess. Ryan, the, you gonna tell us where this dang thing comes from? Of uh, bad penny um, comes from. Oh shit! People, the guessing is. Hardest I'll tell you what. It's the hardest part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I don't know how people experience the show. I don't know if you you kind of like try to guess real quick in your own head um, or what. But man, trying to guess the origin. We do not. This is all part of the. The wow factor of this show is that we do not know what the other person's doing ahead of time. This this would be so much one of the one of the many ways we make this show harder than it needs to be is that we don't give like if I would know your idiom the night before, yeah. I could come up with a whole thing. It would be Probably. fun. Yeah, right. Maybe you know what? Episode one oh one. Maybe we'll start a new format. Right, yeah. Okay. Give a little heads up. Um God, I have this like sort of amorphous idea. But I don't, it doesn't totally make sense yet, but I'm thinking about maybe just starting. I mean, that's what I usually do. Mm -hmm. It rarely works. Mm -hmm. Okay. So go for it. I'm just going to go for it. Um, The, uh, all right, there was a guy who lived in Washington, D.C. Okay, this is back in the, in the thirties. Oh, sure. And he, uh, yeah, you know, we'll find out momentarily why he became famous and why Bad Penny became famous. But um, just a little background on him: he lived in an apartment building, and next door to him was a man who looked identical to Abraham Lincoln. Oh! And the the problem was is that he had um, really uh, a debilitating phobia of Abraham Lincoln. If he, oh. if he saw, if there was like a Civil War documentary, well, there, were, there weren't many documentaries in the 30s, but, um, you was know. Was there film? Was there, there was film, there yeah. Was there film. Was, yeah, I'm not sure how, you know. I think everything was a documentary in the 30s. <laughs> That's not true. It's like, we're just there's, following there's people like, around. <laughs> there's like 15 documentaries. Plot, anyway, what? yeah. Um, it, you know, but if he saw like a painting of Lincoln, he'd be like, oh, 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 oh. like he <laughs> would feel sick and like it would be really scared. And, um, and you know, he, if therapy was as popular then as it is now, he probably would have gone to the therapist to determine why he had such a deep seated fear of, of Abraham Lincoln. But anyway, uh, this, this, uh, neighbor of his, he would constantly pass him in the building mm-hmm. and, um, Tip and, his stove top hat, <laughs> stove pipe hat. Even more, even more, even more the stove stove pipe. What is it called? Stove pipe. Stove pipe hat. He would even wear that hat and uh, and tip it at, at this man. But um, the point being that uh, this guy Jack, uh, Jack, Jack uh, Black. Okay, <laughs> all right. There's a Jack White and a Jack Black. That's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, they should get together and do some bullshit. Yeah, also it's a Jack, Jack Lavender. Oh, I like that. Jack, Jack Lavender. Lavender. Jack Lavender's deepest fear. So no matter where Jack Lavender went, he would see this Lincoln guy and he keeps showing up at the coffee shop. He would show up at obviously at his apartment. He would see him walking down the street. He would see him in, in the in the parking lot. Did I say parking lot? DC was a lot smaller back then. DC was smaller. <laughs> and he decided that he would work for, he's like, I'm going to get a new job and maybe that I'll have to work later hours and I won't see, um, I'll have a different walking this, pattern. Like, yeah. Right. So he decides to work for the U S mint 
Um, Yo, yeah, mint pennies. Yeah, and so sure. Uh, he, he he gets hired and he like thinks he's just gonna be do, doing custodial work and then quickly they're like you know we actually need a man on <laughs> we need a man in wing C uh, and he's like oh what goes on in wing C he's like listen it's a great job it's no problem it. <laughs> it's no problem it's no problem if that's what you're wondering it's no problem <laughs> and he opens the door and oh just no <laughs> copper everywhere oh duh right. <laughs> And he's surrounded by millions of pennies. And That's good. he's in charge of pressing the pennies. <laughs> he used to have to do it by hand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he started foaming at the mouth. Jack Lavender is like... <laughs> and they're like, get to work. We got to get these done. We got to get like, these pennies made. It's 1931. Still employee of the month. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... <laughs> so he gets a pressing and he's just like... Bad penny, bad penny, bad penny. And uh, he goes home that day, uh, that night, late. He stayed late. He worked overtime. And, and then it never stops. And then um, the uh, the Lincoln lookalike was, was standing outside his door. And he's like, oh, I brought you these, these Lorna Dunes. Oh, sure. <laughs> and uh, he killed him dead. Jack Lavender killed him that dead. Was, oh, oh, he killed yeah. the Lincoln lookalike. He killed the Lincoln lookalike. Sure. He couldn't take it. Yeah. And the story was famous. It was all over the papers. Right. And he he was just like, you know, that guy just kept showing up like a bad penny. You know, I just yeah. couldn't get rid of him. And they're like, and that's interesting because you worked for the penny minting. <laughs> and then you killed the guy. You, <laughs> you killed the guy. <laughs> I love it. Um, but, you know, once it hit the newspapers, it started to spread. I'll, yeah, and you know, it's you know, you also print newspapers, printing pennies, printing newspapers. It's all tied up. It's a print story. <laughs> all things about printing or a press. I guess it's a printing printing press. press. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin. He might turn up at the end. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, that all was right. our surprise. So that was a that was a mediocre guess. I love it. Uh, Jack Lavender and the bad penny. Yeah, no, no, that's good. I do. I I think you. It's I okay. Think you, I think you pulled it together there. Say anything about it? All right. So oh, okay. what's the background? Well, pennies are involved. Yeah. Okay. And and in, and Lincoln's involved. Yeah. But not not like not the real way. Lincoln, not, right. you know. Okay. And nobody and nobody had to die, unfortunately. Okay. So okay, I like I said at the beginning, I'm going to try to come at this as a, a little bit different than usual. Sure. Before I start, years ago. I had looked this one up mm-hmm. and there was this, I'll call it a source that was unavailable to me. I knew mm-hmm. it existed yeah, and I could not, access I could it. not access it. Right. And you know, Ryan and I have been running through a lot of idioms these last couple of years and you know, the internet has grown, I'm assuming. <laughs> uh-huh. And I decided to give it another look and all of a sudden the source was there and Ooh. I was like, yeah. You unlocked the key to the source by waiting. So I'm going to talk about the source at the end. All right. I think it's something everyone needs to know. But that that inspired me to go ahead Good. with right. this. Um, the history of this idiom as it being like, you know, proverbs are just kind of they're just prop, you know, like proverbs, yeah. like you know, wise sayings or whatever. Sure. Um, so what I thought I would do is let me just give you a little bit of a history on the penny. Okay. Before we get into the full, whatever you got to do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so okay, so 
Penny's got some variations. Like in German, it's a Fenning, mm-hmm. and in Swedish, it's a Penning. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of those versions, they originally meant any uh, amount of um, any any sort of coin or money, not oh, just yeah. not just this small thing. And apparently, it all kind of comes from this uh, old Roman coin, a denarius, mm-hmm. right? Um, right, right, right. You see what I'm saying? So it was this guy named Offa. He was an Anglo-Saxon king. Oh, cool. And he, he introduced the first English coin known as the penny in 790 AD. Wow. Now, at the time, it was made entirely of silver. Wow. So. We're talking Beowulf shit. In 1793 is when we made our first one cent pieces uh, mm. minted in the U.S. Uh, but like, so they were the size of a half dollar and made entirely of copper oh okay and at the time we also had half cent pieces as well some sometimes they were nicknamed uh cartwheel coins because they were so big oh wow big yeah so we borrowed the name from the british penny um pence right yeah but here's the thing in america there has never been a coin to this day officially called the penny what do you mean? The penny yeah. is a nickname. It has never Whoa. been officially called a penny. Isn't that kind of... Guys, that's mind-blowing, right? I thought so, too. What do you mean? What is a penny called, then? It's called a one-cent piece or a one-cent coin. It, nowhere ever <laughs> was it like officially agreed upon or printed anywhere that the penny is called that's the insane. penny. insane. That's what I thought, too. So this all comes from, like, so, you know, America is this country that started by you know leaving you know britain and all this shit so for a while we didn't have our own currency sure and we allowed people to use british coins and then like spanish coins right for a while before we started minting our own and we just we just borrowed like so the the um british penny uh we just borrowed that name but it has never been called that. Interesting. Yeah. One cent piece. It's a one cent piece or a one Take cent Take a one coin. cent piece, leave a one yeah. cent piece. Yes, right? It really rolls off the tongue. They should have called it like a centi or something. Just one centi. <laughs> um, now, the phrase that this comes from, like the whole bad penny phrase, that goes back to at least the 14th century mm-hmm. was when it was written down, but it probably existed ever since the <laughs> first penny ever existed whoa so that one back in 790 right we just don't have a record right now we're gonna get into the world of counterfeiting now nice okay because the truth is that this whole bad penny thing it really comes from the literal meaning like that's a bad penny like that's not worth anything and there's two ways that it can be bad one it could be a counterfeit just Mm -hmm. a fake because so in doing this research about currency what i've heard over and over again is that um counterfeiting has existed about as long as currency, currency itself sure. i mean even before we were using coin like yeah. like shells and shit like right. all that was there was it was counterfeited um so there was a lot of interesting uh counterfeiting history um so just to give you one example before we used coins during the time of like the american colonies American natives used to use wampum. I always, I've always like heard of like yeah, I've heard of wampum. wampum. But so they're like these little shells that they used as currency. Wow. Um, so traders would sometimes 
dye the white wampum, which were not as valuable, to the, try to make it to imitate this blue-black color, which was the more valuable wampum. Yeah. And it's just why you look at like all these cultures and they all use these at first, these naturally occurring things. Yeah. As like their first forms of currency. But sure. even then we're we're counterfeiting. Yeah. Now, as far as like when coins are invented, as far as like the earliest like Roman coins and such, uh you could you could shave a coin to get the uh like the like the metal shavings off or you could clip them. Um, so I actually have, uh, just to, so you can tell like how they were like, it was like something like this because they were always odd sized and not perfect to begin with, hmm. but see how those little, uh, triangles are kind of cut yeah. out of them. So people would just like straight up cut shit out, save so the, they could make a new save one, save the clippings and then make a new one because back then coins were actually worth. What, what they, they were made of. What they were made of. Yeah. yeah. Unlike now. Silver or nickel or whatever. Yeah. So you could just keep clipping and just eventually <laughs> make some extra money. Right. Um, so, and in fact, in our current day, when you look at a quarter, you know, the little ridges on yeah. the side of the quarter, that was started as a way to deter coin shaving. Oh, because okay. they would, you know, shave around the edges yeah. and it would be smooth. So like you it could was tell. hard to tell maybe. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. Interesting. Um, now, something that I think is worth. Love those quarter ridges. Sure. I mean, it's just crazy, like how rampant um, uh, counterfeiting was. So I'm going to just say this, this fascinating fact that I found <laughs> out today before I jump into the official bad penny part, which right. is on April 14th. 1865, the same day that he got shot, Abraham Lincoln signed a bill authorizing the Secret Service. Oh, really? First time that there was a Secret Service, yeah. right? But it had nothing to do with protecting the president. That didn't, the Secret Service didn't become like a presidential guard until 36 years later. Mm -hmm. The original creation of the Secret Service was to, um, suppress currency counterfeiting wow right yeah um at the time it was believed that a third to a half of all u.s currency was counterfeit jesus that's uh, crazy yeah so he signed that and got shot later that day some yeah john wilkes was not happy about that isn't he's that, like i love bad pennies isn't that wild it's very wild so basically just to and and the reason i kind of went at this this way is because a bad penny is just a counterfeit or clipped penny. Right. It's been around forever, this idea. Cool. Now, with a, uh, like, so this idea of um, you keep turning up like a bad penny, imagine back in simpler times, communities were smaller, right? Yeah. So let's say a bad penny makes its way into your small mountain oh, town. Oh, right. right. Yeah, I see. Yeah. And you're doing some, tr you're doing some buying and you, you go home you're like, all you're right, like, great. I got my eggs and, my, and I got my change here and oh, fuck. Like, I, gotta, I made this. I got a counterfeit. Well, oh yeah, sure. Oh, that's you could have yeah. made it. What I was going with is that you unfortunately got a bad penny. Yeah, right. Counterfeit or clipped or whatever. I'm just imagining the person who created the counterfeit penny using it and being a part of such a small community that it returns to them. And you're like, damn it. That guy's oh. fine because <laughs> yeah. he's also printing fake money. Oh, yeah. So right. he's fine. <laughs> But like it would really suck because the you know the truth is is like a penny was worth so much yeah. like back in the day like I I actually looked up 
some some things that a penny could buy back when like pennies were were invented they could buy you uh, like a full meal, a dress, even at times, or even a night stay in an inn. Wow. Okay. Um, so that's kind of a lot. Yeah, it's know? a lot. But um, so the idea was, if you got a bad penny, your only hope really was to try to recirculate it to some unsuspecting other person, which kind of sucks. But then also, the odds are that penny is going to come back to you again. Sure. And I did, I did was, I was like thinking to myself, could you imagine being in such a small community where you actually could recognize, be like, that's a single that piece penny. of currency. Yeah. But I'm sure you could like, I mean, right. With what, like with how small everything was. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you put a little funny mustache <laughs> <laughs> on a dollar when you know, there's only 300 people living in a village, yeah. you're going you're gonna to see that guy come up. Yeah. Again. Or it's like, uh, what was that? Uh, that movie Serendipity mm. with John Cusack, John Cusack. and Kate Beckinsdale. Uh-huh. And then she writes her number on it. Um, Underworld. And the, oh, Underworld, yeah. Kate Beckinsale. Timeless classic. <laughs> I do love her. Um, anyway, so there is not a direct like link to um, the idea of a bad penny always turning up, but people have suggested it's just that idea of, you know, when you when you get one and you're aware of one and then you put it back out into the world, um, there's just that like suspicion. I I kind of relate it to um, uh, like karma. Mm. Like you're putting that you're you're like, hey, I'm putting this out there. Like it's gonna come back to me, uh, or even just like the 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 idea of like yeah, same thing. What goes around comes around is another like closely related, yeah, sort of uh, saying. Yeah, sure. So. That's sort of what people think that that's where it kind of all came from. So there's a couple of little quotes though that I can give you here. So in And did this make it to Franklin's almanac? Well Franklin's uh, Franklin's gonna show up in a minute. Oh, so okay. let me just uh, in a second. Um all right, so so it's been written down uh at least since uh like the fourteenth century, right? So there was this guy, William Langland, he wrote this Pose poem, the vision of William concerning Piers Plowman. Mm. And uh, he's got this line in there. Men may liken lettered men to a bad penny. Mm. And then that's the first time that it shows up. That seems to be the. And that's 14th century. It's uh, so this poem, I have like a date. So long ago. 1370 to 1390. So I think he was like writing it for a long time. Not sure. But like (laughs) all of the sources keep pointing to that. Wow. Yeah. It goes way back. Yeah. And they got all the weird spelling in here. Like bad's got two D's and an E (laughs) and Penny's only got one N. Yeah. They they really didn't have an official spelling for most words back then. Um. Later, another popular uh, quote is from Henry Fielding's translation of mm. <laughs> Arisophanes Plutus. Okay. 1742. A classic. So they are talking about another phrase uh, called a very bad stamp. Mm. And he says, this is literal from the Greek. It was a metaphor taken from their money. We have a proverb in English, not unlike it, a bad penny. And, you know, also you think like the bad stamp, like coins were stamped back yeah. then. So it's just, right. it's the same idea. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was thinking of like a postage stamp, which also has value to it. Well, but. so 
And and it could be like because you're right. Posted stamps are like money. Stamps are cool too, man. Like stamps, stamps are so cool. Stamps are money. My dad tried to get me into like stamp collecting when I was a kid, and the first sheet of stamps he got me was Elvis. Damn it! And I have it still. You know, and it's it's a it's Elvis in this like I know bright it. pink background. I know you it. I remember it, dude. I know it, and and it's so cool. I. I have been keeping my eye out because I want I want the Elvis stamps. I oh, want, okay. I want to get them. Right, I'm gonna keep that in mind. Um, I found a mug once that had the Elvis stamp on it, and I was like, "That's ah, pretty cool." It's cool, but gotta get the stamp. I need to get that. I think if I get the Elvis stamp, I will start stamp collecting. Collecting, <laughs> I do. I really feel that way. You just need to start right. That's because it's the, I will say it's the first time I've ever been interested in a stamp and it was when I was a kid and I didn't even have this huge Elvis thing back then. I'm worried that if I start looking into what cool stamps exist, I'll start buying them. And then I'm like, what I'm buying stamps now? What the, <laughs> what am I? I mean, I guess we're 40. Like, if there were like universal monster stamps, I'm all sure of a sudden I'd are. be like, I know. I just don't want to, I don't even want to know if there are. Well, mem- if there's like a creature from the Black Lagoon stamp. Now I'm buying stamps on eBay. Oh I guarantee my God. there's a great... I don't want to go down that road. Well, when we even started our, you know, Don't Be an Idiom LLC, like, like a couple yeah. of years ago, we made sure that we got those special edition Halloween spooky stamps. Oh, those? yeah, those yeah. Those were cool. Oh, right. Stamps are cool. I love stamps. Um, gotta get more stamps. So, <laughs> as gotta get more stamps. As far as this whole thing goes, that's kind of long and short of it. Oh, yeah. I wasn't short. Right. Well, because I know how to draw it out. I'm going like that. I'm making this motion. Pulling spaghetti. Um, the I mentioned a source at the beginning of the, at the top right. of the show. Source, of course. There was a show called Bad Penny. It was a BBC show. And I finally BBC was able. BBC shows are hard to, hard to come by. I was finally able to find. I I believe it was the creator actually is posting them on YouTube now. Hmm. And so they only made 13 episodes. It came out in 2003. So it, it stars Penny Dreadful is her name. She's Whoa. like this young, she's cute. She's so sweet. Is like it, what's she's, the year that this takes place? Um, is it like Victorian England? No, or oh no, 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 no. It's like present day seventies like, or whatever. Honestly, dude, it's like, you know, when you watch like English stuff and you're like, what? <laughs> like, I don't, it could have been current, man. Like, it was it probably the been, 70s. It could, it could have been current. Is it in color? It's in color. It's a t- And does it feel a little cheap looking? So cheap. Yeah, it's probably the 70s. You, I t- I'm going to tell you something. I want you to watch it. I don't think it's set in the 70s. Yeah, okay. But like, you know, they live in a small apartment. Like, mm-hmm. so her family is terrible is is what the whole thing is and she's really like sweet and wonderful and like wide eyes and like Mm. you know uh and just really interested in life and the world and all that stuff but so i finally found it and the first episode was her finding were snails in her backyard like like werewolf snails whoa yeah and there was an angry mob led by a wizard that lived next door that like wanted to kick them out because her dad put a sofa on a stick in the backyard. It's bizarre, dude. Is it British- supposed to be funny? Or- yes. Oh, yes. Cool. British British humor is wacky. I yeah, love it. It's great. So anyway, she's trying to make her 
their home like a protected area and yeah. you know the were snail is like this rare breed or whatever so she calls in this this specialist and he comes in and lets himself be bitten by the were snail <laughs> That's amazing. And turns into this giant snail thing. Really? Dude, Dude it's, I, it's wild. This is awesome. I, and this is the reason that I wanted to do this one so bad. Uh, I, I, this, I watched the second episode. It's, they accidentally open a gate to hell in their like hallway. Oh my goodness. And the demons all just want to come. They're super nice and they just want to come and start small businesses. Oh my God. It's great. I, I really, awesome. I highly recommend when you search, just go to YouTube and make sure you search uh, bad penny yeah. BBC series. Um, and you'll be able to find all the episodes on there. Yeah. All right. And you're sure it's on, this is 2003 to 2004. You're, that's, that's what I said. Oh, you. Oh, that's what uh, I said. Uh, 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 oh. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not that. It's this is. I think this it's is recent. Current. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. But you know the way things look at cheap and like the <laughs> British stuff. I love it. One of the one of the things they say on every episode is it's a madhouse. It's a madhouse, which is apparently like a Planet of the Apes reference. That's or awesome. Something. And the director. He did a lot of the 1980s Doctor Who and some of the David Tennant stuff in 2007. Oh, cool! Yeah, there's also a uh, there's a um, 1970. Oh, well, Tom Baker is is my after Matt Smith and David Tennant, my favorite yeah. Doctor um, from Doctor Who. Yeah, and there was an audio drama called The Bad Penny that Tom Baker does. Oh, does Doctor Who audio? Hey, tale. maybe there's something to it. Maybe. All right. You know, this, I learned so much about pennies. Yeah. That I, had, all to, about I it? had to do some fun facts, okay? Oh, we're still going? I know, you, you need to know some of these. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go, I'll go through them quickly though. I'll just make mine five minutes, it's fine. Oh my God, is my, I, I actually was afraid this, I wasn't going to have enough. We're at 50 this, minutes. 5 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me, let me just give you a couple. Do you know that today it costs two cents to make every penny? I didn't know that. You did or didn't? Did not. Uh, apparently, the U.S. Mint wastes $72 million a year making pennies. Jesus. Get rid of them. Yeah. Um, if you took every penny ever made, it would circle the earth 137 times if you put okay. them all in a straight row. Okay. Uh, let's see. Ever made. Since the uh, 1700s. Yeah, ever, ever okay. made. Yeah. Um, so, Lincoln was the first human being on oh. it on a US coin. Oh. Everything before that was uh like late Lady Liberty or oh, there was this uh, there was this Native American um uh image or an eagle but they were not oh. based after real people. So oh. he was the first one. 1909 was the first time that that happened. Go Link. Go Link. Uh in 2010 a 1943 copper penny sold for 1.7 million at auction. Now there's a neat story here that I, I I did delve into and I feel like people should know this. So there was only one year, uh, which was 1943. We were in world war two, right? Uh, where they needed copper for like ammunition. So they decided for a full year, they were going to have no copper in any coins. It was the only year, um, in American minting history that there was no copper in any mm. coins. So they made these things, uh, they had like a steel core and people called them steelies, uh, were the, uh, were the pennies. Yeah. But 
1943, there was a little bit of copper left over in the 1942 press. Yeah. So they accidentally pressed roughly 40 copper pennies oh. in 1943. Oh my God. They're like yes. the most, they're, very rare. they're the most sought after valuable, um, like coin essentially. Amazing. And so that was one of them. Yeah. And they're, are only between 12 and 15 that are actually accounted for, which means that there's a handful of them still out there. Oh my God. And they sold for the, and yo, it sold for 1.7, but it's appraised at 2.3 million. Wow. Isn't that wild? Right, keep your eyes up people. Um, okay. So I'm just going to jump to what I did last night. Cause I told Ryan he needed to, um, remind me. Okay. So it is believed that Benjamin Franklin invented the first, um, design of any penny ever it was our it was our first one um it was known as the fugio uh, scent uh and it had rings on the one side it had a sundial on the other side and it was made in 1787 uh and he he also coined that term a penny saved is a penny earned sure yeah so what i didn't realize was that everyone throws pennies on Benjamin Franklin's grave. grave? Oh, for, which is in Philly. For good luck, which is in Philly because the first mint ever in the country was in Philly, right? Right. So here's a, just I, just for you, it's like an old picture of the first mint, ye olde mint. That was on Market Street, right? <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I was just happy to find a picture of That's it. That's amazing. But what I did last night was I went for a run uh-huh. and I grabbed two pennies, one for me and one for you. Uh-huh. And I threw them old, old Ben's grave. Oh, wow. So I brought us some Ben Franklin. That's amazing. Good luck idiom stuff. How about that? Or whatever. Isn't that crazy? We can just go to Ben Franklin's grave. I know. No questions asked. Well, even when the cemetery is locked, you can go because they keep his grave right up next to the the bars. Oh, right. Yeah. That's amazing. And there were so many pennies on there already. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Well, thank you for doing that. I have so much more. (laughs) There is so many interesting things about the penny, I have to say. Well, we'll do a part two. Maybe we'll do a part two next week. But I just wanted to say. Is there another penny idiom that maybe we can do next week? Or you can continue your discussion. There's definitely other pennies stuff, but I just wanted to say that's a wrap on uh, turn up like a bad penny. Thank you. Okay. We'll we'll be right back after this brief intermission. Very brief. Everybody. Okay, so uh, it's getting late right now. We're nearing the witching hour. And I thought that... Sure, he'd pull that out in October. Listen, it's October. It's spooky season. I could not remember if Albert did the witching hour at some point. I did not do the witching hour. And... 
I've been, so uh, Albert did mention this, that uh, I have a newborn. So I have an eight week old um, daughter and named Lucia. And uh, I've been thinking about the phrase, the witching hour very often. You've probably been up during the witching I've hour. I've been up quite during the witching bit. hour. <laughs> Uh, because it's, it's, it's sometimes used to refer to a time, like an hour mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with newborns where they just scream. They just, oh. they're just upset and they're inconsolable and you just have to like deal with it. Oh, that's so interesting. I didn't know that maybe that was they're fed. Thing. Maybe they've already slept. Maybe their diapers changed. They're all good, but they're just like screaming. So yeah. it's called the witching hour. And I just like keep on, you know, I'll be hanging out one night and watching Lucia. And then all of a sudden I'll be like. Okay, here's kind of hours. Okay, that's great. And uh, yeah, in the early weeks, I, you know, I'd be getting up in the middle of the night. So I was just, the witching hour has mm-hmm. been on my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, that's like a perfect Jack one. Nicholson, mm-hmm. you know? This is Jack Nicholson. <laughs> so, it's the witching hour. <laughs> Dude, if you had a, a late night radio show, <laughs> that's great. I would listen to that shit. Oh my God. Late night he's not Jack. acting anymore. He might as well have a late night radio show called The Witching Hour. I've with heard Jack he's Nicholson. kind of like losing his mind or something. No, but there's just like, like some a, funny pictures funny, of him eating. I don't know. You know, eating yeah. courtside, court uh, you know, Lakers games or whatever. I, I mean, I'm into that. Did I, you, see the, have you ever <laughs> seen the photo? He's like courtside yeah. Lakers, I guess. And it's like he like brought his own chili to eat or something. Oh, I didn't realize he's bringing his own. <laughs> and he like spills a Tupperware of like chili, like and then they got I mean, in the middle of the game. And what they had to stop the game and clean it up. Yeah, they like fucking clean up Jack Nicholson's chili or whatever. I mean, that's, I gotta I gotta find this photo and show you. I, I think I've, it's real. I've seen pictures of him <laughs> eating at games, but. Um, <laughs> I, uh, and the the broken French fry photo where he's oh, going to yeah. eat a fry, and then the second picture is it's like kind of like broken yeah, in and half. He looks and he, all like, oh <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. You know, I I just I hope oh, he's good. I love Jack. I hope he's good. But like that is that's a highlight. If you go to a, a basketball game, they're like, we gotta stop to clean up Jack Nichols and homemade chili. That's a memorable. I'm way more interested in that I'm than very than happy. basketball game for very, sure. Very very happy. I'd love to. I'd like to know how many times you said Jack Nicholson in this show. But He's a, he we can get the you know we can get the um, super fans to figure that out. Well, we had our we had our whole concept of Jack Nicholson and uh, Anthony Hopkins doing a buddy pick uh, right. where they live next door to each other, right? <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, that's classic. That's ha- idiom. We came up with that while we were hiking with a Hollywood sign uh-huh. in L.A. Uh huh. Can't stop the hop. Can't stop the hop. All right. So, what's the uh, definition of the witching right. hour? Well, so I'm glad you're doing this because I never can remember if the witching hour is midnight or 3 a.m. or if I'm wrong in general. Well, in the dictionary, it says midnight. Okay. But in my research, it does 3 a.m. comes up a lot, which I'll talk about. All right. So there's some um, interesting theories about why that is. So would the definition just be like 3 a.m. essentially, or? <laughs> yeah. Well, so the definition is midnight. Oh, right. Yeah. Um. Or a t- it's also a time of unpredictable or volatile activity. Mm-hmm. So the witching hour. Yeah. So like, some, so it doesn't have to be a specific time. Because you can use it idiomatically. Like, sure. You know, like, oh, we're about to enter the witching, witching hour, hour yeah. you know, like where maybe there's like a riot outside sure. or something like that caused by something going on in society. But it's usually nighttime. It's always nighttime. Right? Okay. So yeah. You can't say the witching hour in like, you know, 8 a.m. No, it's. Right. The sun is down. Yeah. The moon is out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Things are spooky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we're talking witches. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. okay. So, I just need to decide before I make my guess here. Should I do a midnight thing or a three a three a.m. thing? Because 
I would say um, do. All right. I think I was. Do you want me to give you a little heads up about the time thing? Well, here's my thing because I was a big fan of the Anne Rice series, uh, the, the Witching the, Hour, uh, the Mayfair Witches. Yeah, and I feel like they. She, I think she also came out with a book called The Witching Hour at one point. Yeah, or maybe that was I the think first. I read that. Maybe that was the first book. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think I, you're I'm just going to tell you this little bit. Some beliefs set the Witching Hour between midnight and three a.m., mm-hmm. and some between three a.m. and four a.m. So. Okay. There's kind of like two options mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. starting at midnight, going Got for a few it. hours, or like that three to four times. So yeah. you, you can kind of use that okay. how you want. All right, so let's let's just go with that. Let's see here. All right, here is the guess. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> She's got it. Uh so, how long do you think people have been washing their clothes for? What are we saying? Like, uh, forever? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in Homer's The Odyssey, there okay. are, there are, there's a scene where there, there's, you know, maids literally cleaning Perfect. their clothes. So, I, I would say for as long as humans have had the capacity oh, okay. to wear clothes, they've been cleaning them in the so river with rocks. Mo- okay, okay. Yeah. So, why don't we move forward a little bit from there? <laughs> um, Washing machine? I'm going to say, yeah. You ever seen some of the first washing machines? They're funny looking. Yeah, they're a little funny looking. Um, I'm going to go back to... Why don't we just go with 1850? That's not that long ago. Okay. I know it's I know it's not that long ago. Okay. But they probably had some machines back then, right? Oh, yeah, maybe not, some like, you know, grinding machines right? or... Sure, yeah. Okay, let's just say that. So, uh, there was... Um, uh, Mary Blackmore decided that she was going to hey. not just live in her husband's shadow. She was going to make something of herself. Yeah. She wanted her own little something. Go, Mary. And she was like, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of ladies like me were so busy during the day uh, that they need a nice, clean, um, safe place to do their laundry any time of day, including. Mm the middle of the night, mm, right? Yeah. So she essentially started the first all-night um, laundromat. Wow. Right? Okay, yeah, sure. So, you know, like people loved it. They were like, oh, this is great. You know, I could just come over here. You got all the stuff. You got the bar of soap. You got the lie. You got the ringing machines. You got you got the lines to hang <laughs> the, the laundry. Right. Like she, she's got space. Yeah. Um. So, and she was a night owl. Like she was like, you know, She wanted to be she, up. She, had, she Yeah, she wanted to be up. Um, so she started noticing, um, a trend that like between the midnights and threes, you know, like when, when it was a mostly dead time there, um, she started getting some clientele, Hmm. uh, that would come in with, you know, baskets and baskets of, of black robes and such, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Harry Blackmore getting the black robes. Uh, yeah, coincidence. Yeah, um, and uh, you know the uh, there was a whole there was a lot of cackling going on while the while the okay, <laughs> while the washing yeah, was being done. People were having a good time. Mm-hmm. So hags um, be cackling. <laughs> yeah, HBC. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know. As a night, as a night owl, lover of the night, you know, Mary Blackmore started, you know, checking in on on the ladies that would come in late at night with all the black clothes, and you know, always making sure you, you need a little, a little extra soap, you need a little extra anything, 
And, um, you know, at first they were not interested in, mm. in what she was doing. But, um, you know, in time, uh, everyone wants a hand with laundry. Like laundry. Nobody loves doing laundry. No. No matter how much they're cackling. So, long story short, Mary Blackmore just one <clears> night <throat> insisted on jumping in with these ladies and, and saying, let me, let me get some of these for you. So they're ringing away and they're ringing and the cackling goes on and on. And, you know, eventually uh, the ladies were like, hey, so, um, you know, we're witches, obviously. And uh, what we're going to we're going to get in on all this. And she was like, yeah, OK, good, good. This sounds good. Life's kind of boring in the 1850s. This will spice know? things up, spice things up. So. Uh, the next night she, you know, was anticipating her, her witch friends coming in and she made a nice little sign with, uh, with, you know, glitter and all that, that said, uh, a witching hour, <laughs> uh, private party. Uh-huh. It's laundry time, yeah. baby. And so they just kind of made that. it this yeah. special time when Great. they would hang out, they would drink some brew. Um, you know, they would cast some spells. And, and there was a boost in the supernatural in the 1800s. So See? 1850 places this. See, you know what I'm saying? Much more willing to be hanging out with witches than, yeah. let's say, like the 1600s. See, that's what I'm saying. Dangerous. So, you know, it just became this thing. It was, a, it, was a, it was like kind of their own private little night laundry club. And, you know, these days people have like freaking speakeasies and goddamn laundromats. So, like, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um. And, you know, and their familiars could come, mm. cats and, and oh. such. But I think I'm just going to kind of go with the witching hour was a late night laundry party between a bunch of freaky ladies. That I, is fun. I don't uh, know. F-U-N. <laughs> okay, right? <laughs> yeah. F-U-N. <laughs> that's it. That's great. All right. Well, that's not exactly right. But, but honestly, the history of the witching hour is, is so, it's very, you know, it it doesn't have a lot of specific specificity to it. I'll yeah. say, you know what I mean, um, because it's so steeped in folklore mm-hmm. and the a lot of like ancient beliefs that predate, you know, maybe things being written down. Like we don't even really know why where that started with the witching hour being midnight or three a.m. But I'll just kind of talk you through some of the history and also when it started to appear in written language and, and therefore like starting to be used in, um, in, a you know, as, as an idiom real quick. Yeah. Did I remember correctly in the Amityville horror, he always would wake up at three thirty three a.m. Oh, I think so. And, like it was like, I remember when they did the remake, he's like at three thirty three a.m. I woke up and murdered my whole family. And I was like, <laughs> that's the witching hour. Yeah, well, that right there. <laughs> you know? And that is the he's sweet in spot. That zone, you know? Yeah. So that's okay. Well, you know, it's, you know, it's look like um, midnight is in a way sort of looked like as a, a daily version of a solstice or an equinox. Cause at midnight, it was believed that that was when magic could be evoked. Mm. And so it was a time where witches and sorcerers and fairies and spirits all were all believed to have their strongest powers, which makes sense. You know what I mean? Like sure. if you are living in a mountain village in 1500 and all of a sudden there's no more light. Right. I mean, you just f- sense the, the unknown and the, the, awesome terror of pitch blackness sure and um almost pretty much every culture has some version of a witch belief like witchcraft i mean 
because I tried to dig as far back into witchcraft as po- as possible, and we're talking about like Mesopotamia okay. had witch witch tales of witchcraft, although it wasn't. It was more dangerous to be a witch in you know Western Europe than it was to be a witch in the Mesopotamian times. Okay, like thousands of years ago. Because magic was so wrapped up into people's everyday lives, sure. You know, people because there was no science, right? No, like everything yeah. was sort everything of was magical. Mag- yeah, exactly. Elemental, you know. Yeah, and and people used magic, you know, magic like natural potions, and would go to people with you know wisdom of the dark arts, or you know, or or want luck, and you know, go to you know witches for, for yeah, like. I feel like superstition, like the, the the power of like belief and all that, right? Because there was yeah. there was no sort of set of rules of science per se to say like any of this was not true. Right, exactly. And then like post Christianity, like so once like you know once Christian beliefs started to because Mesopotamia is pre Christian, you know so yeah, um, and there's some really cool Judaic beliefs that kind of go along with some of the witching hour stuff, which mm-hmm. I'll I'll end on. But uh, you know, once Christianity becomes wrapped up in Southern European beliefs, that's when the witches start to become because they're like products of the old time, right? The old beliefs, the pagan yeah. beliefs. Well, whatever, dude. The fucking Christians just cherry picked whatever they wanted. I can't stand. <laughs> How I'm sorry, I cannot stand how like Catholics and Christians and all that shit. They were just like paganism's bad, but they're yeah. like, but we'll, but we're we're gonna just repackage that, yeah, and yeah. say it's okay, and then they take the coolest parts and say it's really not okay, right? Like, oh god, it's frustrating. it really is frustrating. Well, the witching hour, it's it's believed that this is the time where the boundary between the living and dead is blurred. Right. Okay. During this time, which is why maybe like people are more susceptible to being possessed. Sure. Or, or you're more susceptible to seeing a ghost or, or something like like that. So as I mentioned, there's some beliefs that the witching hour is, you know, midnight to 3 a.m. There's other beliefs that it's 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. And there is a really cool theory. That's that's my that's my baby. Oh, it sounds like a cool song. Actually, <laughs> no, she's she's freaking out because it's it's nine thirty p.m. It's hour. literally the fucking witching hour that we're recording this. Um, so this is kind of a cool theory on why three a.m. to four a.m. is considered the witching hour. Okay, and it's because of some biblical references to the death of Jesus are 3 p.m. So 3 a.m. would be sort of like an inversion of that time. Sure. Because it's witching hour is also referred to as the devil's hour. Sure. So, uh, but like there's some some weird things about like that. Like in the book of Mark, it says that the crucifixion takes place at the third hour, which would be like 9 a.m. And Jesus' death at the ninth hour, which would be considered. Wait, the third hour is 9 a.m.? Um, for for whatever reason, like the way that religious scholars read the times, like Start that's that's yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, interesting. For whatever reason, okay, maybe but, like that's when like morning happens. Like the yeah, I don't sun know. Comes up or but some other shit. scholars like say that, that there was no standardization of timepieces, so everything back then is in is in approximated three hour periods. Like, sure. You know, because like, you know, when you didn't know what time it was, you'd be like, you know, like kind of like around well, right, here. Because there was no way to tell time, right? Back so, then? right. And they didn't even have sundials and shit yet, did they? <laughs> I don't think they were like, yeah, really. 
They were like, just get to it whenever. <laughs> I'll see you later. Um, I also read that there was a time that the Catholic Church forbade women to be out between 3 and 4 a.m. What? Um, and women who disregarded the rule were viewed with suspicion by the religious establishment. Sure, yeah. Sure. You know, so that that could be another witching hour thing. Ladies and, of the know, night. Ladies of the night. If you're going out at that time, maybe it's maybe it's because you, you're up to some listen, pagan if rituals. If you're going or out at three to four in the after, I don't care in the morning. You are looking for a good time. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not a wholesome time. Maybe not a wholesome time. But also, it was you know it was kind of suggested that that early in the morning was when the least amount of prayer was was occurring. Duh, so, yo, cool. So spirits of darkness could do their work much better All during right. that hour. Awesome. They were unhindered by divine intervention. I never, see, that's a cool thought. I never would have thought of that before because my, almost everyone's asleep, so you can't be praying. Right. Yeah, yeah. cool. But like, a little bit later, so many people might be praying around that the spirits of darkness kind of like sure. kind of pressed to the edges of, of you know. Yo, I love that. That's great. That's a great point. So, um, so that's just like some some basic background on that. But in uh, literature, I want to refer to three moments in literature where the witching hour kind of rears its head and which probably brought it into our, our common vernacular. So the first thing is Shakespeare. Of course. But he never used the phrase witching hour in any oh, of his plays. Okay. But yes. in Hamlet, have you ever read Hamlet? Only every other year. Every other year. <laughs> well, there's a there's a scene um, where Prince Hamlet begins one of his soliloquies as such. Tis now the very witching time of night when churchyards yawn and hell itself breathes out contagion to this world. Now could I drink hot blood and do such bitter business as the day would quake to look on. Right on. Pretty, pretty fucking cool. That's pretty cool. I gotta be <laughs> honest. I, I always think about like how I don't want to live at any other time yeah. other than like the sort of, you know, now-ish, now-ish future. Time, yeah. Like, I don't want to, I always thought I didn't want to live any time without like plumbing and good soap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because uh-huh. I just think about how disgusting everybody <laughs> is. But I'm going to tell you something. If yeah. I had like a secret shower, yeah. like a futuristic secret yeah. shower, then right. you hid behind a rock or something. That would be cool. Yeah. Like, you know, because you're like, you know, if you get up out at night and you're like creeping around and like and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then also just like watching people go about their day. Like everyone's just doing stuff like in their <laughs> weird outfits. You're talking about like going back into 1602 and just kind of observing. But I have a future shower. Yeah, I got a future shower. And you're, you're just enjoying the observational oh, yeah. experience. Yeah. Like the custom, gotcha. custom fitting clothes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tight. Tight, tight yeah. uh, stockings. Yeah. yeah. Some pantaloons. Yeah. You know, the double breasted, whatchamahoozit, bells. Awesome. Um, so that was that was the witching time, though, right? Witching okay. time. Okay. Yeah. I mean, close w- enough. Which implies. So, hour, time, that's feeling whatever. Pretty early. Yeah. And, um, and then, oh my God, these, these two poems were so hard for me to find because I just found mention of them. I had to do some some like uh, database digging through oh. my school again. Ah, that's so cool that you have that access. Right, you probably do too. I don't think so because I when you told me you had that, I was like, I have that. You're like, well, you only teach fifth graders. <laughs> <laughs> 
so. But so there was this poem called Nightmare by Elizabeth Carolina Keene. And uh, this was in 1762. And I think this might be the first recorded use of the term witching hour uh, written down. And uh, it's only three stanzas, so I thought I would read it. And uh, we'll just put some spooky music on I top. I am noticing some threes coming up oh, tonight. So oh, yeah. keep mentioning threes. Oh, my God, threes. So maybe it is three. Spooky. All right, so um, uh, Ms. Keene writes this. Tis the baleful witching hour. Lo, the moon withdraws her light. Hark, from yonder moldering tower screams the ill-boding bird of night. Now doth murder's dagger gleam, murder by the furies led. Now to haunt the villain's dream, yawning graves give up their dead. Midst claps of loud thunder, rocks rending asunder, and lightning's dread glare with mischief delighted, while nature stands frighted, the hag mounts the air. Midst hail, rain, and snow, sea, 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 we go. Midst hurricane, whirlwind, and storm, the cattle beneath us at once cease to breathe as our pestilent rites we perform. I mean, the hag. Yeah, that's some witch shit that right there, right? That is witchy shit. Have you ever heard a witchier poem? Are they flying over the cows and the cows yes. die or just stop breathing? <laughs> well, the cattle beneath us at once cease to breathe as our pestilent rites we perform. I mean, it could be this holding their breath, but still, yeah. again, the horses. Wait, didn't I... Who, when were we talking about witches and the horses? The horses being startled by... Uh, oh, the horseshoes, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense, the animals, you know? Yeah. So, oh, yeah, I, that's a witchy right there. Yeah, that is so witchy. And uh, 1762, like in, se- in the 1700s, um, th- there was... It was very... Let me see. Um, gothic literature was kind of just becoming... Coming into popularity... Um, graveyard poetry was very popular, which was more reflective on mortality. Graveyard you know, poetry, writing yeah. poetry amongst graves, so you're reflecting on your own <laughs> life and you know the meaning of of death. Um, but this is just straight up hag poetry. Hag poetry is a nice genre. Yeah, man. Like, I, and then I, I was looking up some hag stuff, and I'm, I, I we could talk about hags all night. Let's you let's. Know, I don't, <laughs> But I mean, how cool is the hag? You know, the old crone, like the old wizened woman back in the woods. You know, so many different countries have that mm-hmm. folklore, you know, like the Hansel and Gretel sort mm-hmm. of kind of um, of folklore. Well, you know, the thing that's interesting about the hag is like, you know, at one point she must have been young, right? Well, there are some, so there are some folkloric tales where... You know, does the magic make them old? That, that she that she's also young and beautiful. Mm. You know what I mean? Did you ever see the witch, the Dave Eggers movie? Oof. When she makes herself young oh. and beautiful, and that I I've mentioned this on the show Hachi before. Machi. Even if I had full knowledge that that's a hag, <laughs> I would be like, yeah, like I would be a sucker for that. Right? Oh my god! Come on! Yeah. So I mean, there 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 are tales, and we're. Kind of like the the frog and the prince, you know. Mm-hmm. She, if the the prince falls in love with her, she's actually is beautiful, a young beautiful yeah. kind of um, yeah woman. Um, but there's also this this uh, the Germanic uh, um, or like the Scandinavian hag, which is called Amara, would sit on a sleeper's chest and send nightmares to them. Hey, wait. And when the subject awoke, he or she would be unable to breathe or even move for a short period of time, 
which is like basically the parallel to that German monster you did on one of our Dubia Monster episodes. Oh, right. Yeah. Um. Or was that? Or did you do it? Maybe I did it. Wait. Oh, yeah. And then the one where there's that famous picture, like that was from the nightmare. Nightmare. Fuselli. Henry Fuselli. Oh, yes. The nightmare. The Alp. Yeah. 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 Is that what I'm thinking of? Right. You did that though. I think. I I did do the Alp, but I forgot because you know that was a movie that we liked. The uh, Gothic. Gothic. But uh, also, that just reminds me of the whole um, idea of the uh, black woman that's a, a connected to uh, night, uh, not night, night, night terrors. Hold on, sleep paralysis. Well, you know that figure. Yeah. So this is it's the same thing. Like she is cons- this, yes. that state is called sleep paralysis. Yes. Yes. And the old belief it was called hag ridden. Like I am way better. I am hag ridden right now, meaning I'm suffering from sleep paralysis. I mean, they're essentially riding because they're on top of you. A hag is on top of you. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's just weird how that, um, like phenomenon continues to exist. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I'm just going to say I have experienced it. And that's oh, all I'm going to say. No bueno. Yeah, it is no not bueno. good. There are people, and it's like people that have chronic sleep paralysis mm-hmm. and chronic migraines. I don't know how you, I, I, I would end it. I would end it all. Yeah. Well, you, you have chronic tinnitus, so that's Well, not that's good. different. <laughs> uh, I have two other things I just want to mention. So, um, the the other early reference to literature was uh, was not even a decade later in 1775, and it was called Night and Ode. It was by Reverend Matthew West, who is this Irish priest, hmm. and um, he mentions Cynthia here. And for you Greek mythology buffs, um, that's just kind of like the personification of the moon. And so he oh. says, "And see, bright Cynthia from the ethereal steep on every mountain sheds a solemn gleam." Her trembling glories paint the watery deep and add a new luster to the silver stream along whose banks at midnight's witching hour. So wayward fancy dreams, aerial beings pour. So all of these like spirits kind of like, you know, being conjured up in the night's witching hour. So this guy loves the moon. He loves the moon (laughs) (laughs) is the the main takeaway. So, yeah. So, so anyway, like witching hour definitely existed in folklore probably in just so many different cultures that it was impossible for it to not just kind of like become part of our, you know, experience. And then we see it crop up in literature from as early as Shakespeare and then peppered into these couple of poems in the 1700s. And that sort of establishes it as a thing. And now we can use it like, you know, referring to babies. And actually there's a, there's a, a stock, um, in Wall Street, they use witching hour too oh, as, as a phrase. Sure. I didn't want to talk too much about it because like stock bros, come on. Sell. But it's the last hour of trading on the third Friday of each month, month when options and futures on stocks and stock indexes expire. It's the witching hour. They all go crazy. They're like, come on, bro. I got to sell, bro. It's a bull market. <laughs> you know so much about the stock market. Well, I was going to say something. What was it going to be? I didn't write it down, but I was going to say something. Oh, so I, I was curious as to, um, I was curious about like when the first time witching hour showed up in lyrics. Cause I was mm. like, okay, so like 1770, 1760s is when it popped up in poetry. What about lyrics? So I went to, um, lyrics.com where you can search by decade. Oh, damn. Sure. So I did 1920s, 1930s, 
1940s, no results, no results, no results, all the way. Hmm. And then there was one reference in the 70s, and then like 25 in the 80s. And it was so cool to see how once the 80s hit, gothic music just boomed. Like, Hmm. obviously you have like that post-punk, like The Cure, like that kind of gothic, or um, Bauhaus. But then there's also all of the death and black metal that came out in the 80s. Sure. So just suddenly in the 1980s, Witching Hour was just popping up in lyrics all over the place in different genres. But before then, had not really... I'm going to keep an ear out and keep on looking, but I could not find any evidence of it really being... of of popping up any time before the 70s. Do you you remember who got that first nod there with the... Well, yes, I do. Anything good? Because let's just, I mean, there were so many good, like even just movies and stuff. So many good spooky, you know, 80s movies, right? And uh, I've been reading a lot of books from the 80s lately that are really fun and spooky. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like the 80s were a fun, spooky time. They were, definitely were. I wonder what that says about our American psyche or something. Yeah, um... You know, I might have been wrong about the the seventies. I think really it's just it's just the eighties. Let's let them it's have it. To, it's hard to believe, though, isn't it? Well, you know, I was just telling someone the other day about when we used to go to eighties night. Yeah, at Club Shampoo. Yeah, and I'm just realizing right now that it was also Goth Night. Right. And that connection really, it really just worked really well. Wow. You know, and with that, I mean, that is the way the cookie crumbles when you make a connection like that. How can how can one go on? <laughs> well, I will just say this. I was thinking this as Ryan was wrapping up. I think we can all agree that there is just something about that middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while when you're up just that late, it's not every time, but sometimes you just feel that weird kind of silence that like, and also this like hyper aware uh-huh. and like you just kind of feel alive or whatever yeah. thing. Like there is something about the middle of the night. They there is this like physiological explanation that I that I just don't really care for, but it's about like you know when you're coming out of your REM, yeah, like you you your body is like shut down. Oh sure. And so your 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 awareness and your like comprehension of what's going on around you is is not what it is during the day. Sure. So that's why you might have visions of ghosts or things like that, or you're just. Or it's you're just in the middle of the witching hour and you're seeing some fucking crazy shit. It's out. I mean, the world is like a different place at <laughs> night. I mean, I've listened to stories Tis. about people that like Tis. are night workers. Yeah. And it's like, they're just like, you, you essentially live like on another planet or under the ocean mm. or something. I mean, like the, mm. even just like, have you ever felt... <laughs> You ever gone to bed feeling like, what the fuck? And then the, ne- the next day you get up and the sun shines and you're like, oh, I'm fine. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm fine, yeah. Something about that night. It's like we live in two worlds, kind of, really. Oh, wow. Two worlds. Wow. Day night. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for listening. And, uh, you know, if you made it to the end, we appreciate that very much. Listen, it's good to be back. Um, make sure you check out the... You know, go check out the Bandcamp. We got some great uh, like, great playlists of all the songs and skits that come at the end of the stuff. Like, I'll just sometimes sit back in the witching hour and I will let them roll. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's never too late to be a Patreon member. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get yourself a nice little swag bag and, you know, you get your 
bonus content, which we're, oh, we're about to put actually, out some more. We have one last um, swag bag to send out. Brian Martin, I know, who's buddy. living in London. Yes, we've we hit, been we thinking a, about you. We hit a hiccup um, with that. We did. Apparently and because of Brexit. They're, they're <laughs> ma- no, I'm not kidding. Actually. I know. Like, there's a whole so thing. So stupid. Um, so uh, we, we just haven't had a chance to, to go back yeah. to the post office and, and figure it out. But we're going to get it to you. Yeah. And uh, we love you. And thank you for listening. Um, we hope all is well in London. And um, Yo, but get out there. Get yourself. Get your twins some Don't Be an Idiom swag. Get, you know, you don't want to be a Patreon member. That's fine. But uh, everybody, uh, everybody loves somebody that gives them gifts. Okay. All right. Until next time. Don't Don't be an idiot. Is that ghastly pile of clothes paralyzing your productivity? Maybe it's time you fly down to the witching hour laundry. Your pants are awfully tight, but the stains are proving tricky. Thank you.